0: Dedicated to sharing the real stories of real friends, with the belief that each one of us wants to be fully known and fully loved. This month, I chat with two women well known and well respected in the St. Louis running community Sadie Smith and Laura Filla. Sadie is a master's class athlete with a long list of awards and accomplishments. Laura is also a respected runner and owner of her own fitness company, Filla Endurance. Both women are full-time moms and full-time wives. How do they do it? Listen to this month's episode of Real Friends and discover for yourself. Thank you for listening. This is Real Friends. So I'm here with uh, Sadie Smith and Laura Field. Girls, thank you so much for meeting to do this podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, the way I like to start things out is to give each one of you an opportunity to go ahead and share say a 60 second bio in terms of name, age, what you do professionally, and then tell me a little bit about your family. So Sadie if you'd like to go and kick things off.
1: Sure, my name is Sadie Smith and I am 44 years old and I have been married for 20 years. I'm the mother of two boys. I've got a 13 year old and an 11 year old son. I was a middle school teacher and I've been on a very, very long sabbatical um, since having my kids, and um, pretty much I'm a stay-at-home mom, a frequent volunteer at my kids' school and at church, and keep myself really, really busy doing uh, just things around the community and in with my family. Great. Laura?
2: Okay, I'm Laura Phila. I am 34, um, just turned 34, actually. I am a... Private running coach and a personal trainer. So I own my own small business. Um, and my professional background before that is actually as a retail store manager. So I worked with people for seven years, and all those people skills have now translated into something I just care a lot more about than t shirts and leggings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have two kids I have a two year old um, and a six year old who's about to be seven. Um, so I was a stay at home mom for a little while in between my two professions, too. Um, Yeah.
0: Good. Awesome. Okay. So, the way I like to kick things off is by using the five love languages as kind of an icebreaker and as an introduction to who you are and how you both express and receive love or gratitude or appreciation. Those five love languages are physical affection, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. Um, And for those who are unfamiliar with the five love languages, It's based on a book written by Gary Chapman that groups our ability to both express and receive love in these five love languages. So if you're ready, let's go through each one of the love languages and see how they resonate with you. So first of all, physical affection. How important is physical affection to you? And what does healthy physical affection look like these days? A handshake, a high five, a hug, a kiss. Sadie?
1: I am not a tremendously physically affectionate person person I love hugs from my kids um love hugs from my immediate family but that's always kind of a joke with my friends like oh wait you're not the hugger um so I I love people um I don't always love to touch them but I I do feel very comfortable with my little circle um but I would say that is not a strong yeah that's good to know I'm much more of a high five handshaker yeah kind of person
0: so who's the most affectionate person that you know
1: my 11 year old son, yeah. physically sure. affectionate, yeah. and that, and I do love all the hugs and all the snuggles I get from, from him and my kiddos. He is a knock you down, drag you out kind of hugger, so it's, gotcha. it's yeah. really great. Laura,
2: um, yeah, similar. Um, so with my husband, I'm married too, by the way. Um, you know, it's pretty important to me that we're close. I don't hug my friends a lot um, or anything like that, but I'm like a very affectionate mom. Like I'm very cuddly at the end of the day. I like to like sit close to them on the couch and yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the second love language is quality time. What does quality time look like these days? Uh, Do you prefer something active or passive, for example, like running with some of your running friends? Do you consider that to be quality time or do you prefer like dinner and conversation? Quality time, Laura, how about you?
2: Quality time is like mega important to me. It's probably more important to me than physical, um, especially with like my husband. Um, But I I do prefer it to be active. I'm a runner, so I don't really like to sit still. Like most of us are pretty active people. Um, So I like to be doing something. But yeah, if, you know, even if we're, you know, on a run together, just like, you know, spending time together is, yeah, it's important to me.
0: So your husband is also a runner?
2: right? He does. He's not as crazy as I am about it, Um, but he does run. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: I'd say the same thing. I have a hard time sitting still. Um, So definitely active quality time. I'm the adventure planner in our family. I love, love spending time with my kids and my husband, but I'm also the person who loves planning the crazy trips or the crazy outings. If we have a free Saturday, my husband would love nothing more than we just lay around the house, watch a movie, everybody hang out. I'm looking for like, where can we go hiking? What are we yeah, going to do? Let's same. do something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that time, but I, I do love it actively. And I would say the same thing with my friends. Like I do love my book club group. I love getting together and having those quiet times where we just hang out and chat, but we just went on a retreat. And a lot of us were like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, let's, yeah. let's go do something. So I, I do I do feel like that active time. And, and that does make you know, some of the running groups that we're part of here in St. Louis so fun because it gives us those opportunities to, to run with friends and have those conversations, but still, yeah, still move, which is, which is really great.
0: So if you're the adventure planner, what's an example of like one of the better adventures that you've planned?
1: Um, well, our most recent one was really fun. Um, we went for spring break. I I always try to tie our trips into a race if I can, because I, I run a lot of marathons. And so, um, my husband and I, or I, I wanted to run um, the Tobacco Road Marathon in North Carolina again. We have a neighbor down the street. Our children are really good friends. He's a runner too. And so I convinced him he should also run the marathon. And then we all went and did that. My husband did the half and we tied it into driving up to Washington, D.C. for spring break and had just a really, really good trip with mm. both families, all of our kids. Um, lots of planning went into it. We saw lots of things. We had a, you know, a really, really good time um, and we're also able to work in... Getting some races done so it was it was yeah, of fun. So good.
0: It was like, awesome. It was good. Yeah. <clears throat> so the third love language is words of affirmation, encouragement, love. How important is it to be affirmed or encouraged or acknowledged, not only for what you do, but more importantly for who you are. And how important is it to hear somebody tell you that either I love you or you're an amazing runner or you're an amazing coach? Words of affirmation.
2: This one this big for me too. I guess a lot of the love language re- languages resonate with me. Um, but yeah, I'm a coach obviously. So I love cheering people on and telling them that they're right. doing a good job. Um, and you know, part of the reason why is because that resonates with me too. Um, I think like on like a more personal level with my husband, I do need to hear that like, you know, he loves me and he's rooting for me. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. It always
1: has been for me. I think I, probably coming from a teaching background, provide more words of affirmation. As a mom, I try to do that with my kids and hope I do that with my kids. I I love hearing words of affirmation. I don't think it's super important for me. I think having so many years where I've been out of the workforce and it's just been me and my kids, like, toddlers and young children are not so wonderful at providing words of affirmation, so i built felt a pretty thick skin. And, and need I've kind of learned not to need it. Um, I, I'm proud of the accomplishments that that I have, you know, gotten done in the running world, and, and I don't necessarily need people to tell me when I do a good job, because I, I know when I do a good job, and it's, it, it's always good to hear, but it, it's become less important, I think, since yeah. getting out of work.
0: So who do you think is the most affirming or cheerleading person like in your sphere and in your sphere who would you say
1: um probably once again my 11 year old who's also the hugger when uh (laughs) my kids are not that impressed with my running I I will come home and you know tell them like hey guys I want a marathon today (laughs) and I'll get like a cool for my 13 year old and my, my 11 year old is like mom that's great I'm so proud of you and he'll hug me and I mean my husband is I, I, I know my husband is proud of me my husband and I um have a really wonderful relationship and I, I I know how proud he is of me I don't need to necessarily hear it I know it's there but yeah. uh but it's definitely the most vocal is the 11 year old yeah so it's great
0: so it's like that's great mom what's for dinner right that's what you get from the kids and your hubby
1: the, the first time I, I ran a marathon under three hours we were I took my kids out to we were in New York and we were going to a trampoline park two hours later and yeah. we stopped for lunch and my 13 year old was telling me how starving he was and I'm like dude I can promise I'm hungrier than you and he just looked at me deadpan he's like I don't understand why like <laughs> they just no they don't get it guarantee. it's okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that it is yeah. it gets fun <laughs>
0: Who do you think is the biggest cheerleader in, in My,
1: it's Brad, it's
2: my husband. Um he's like, you know, he's always had my back, but it's funny because my daughter, who's gonna be seven soon, is starting to like pick up on that too. Um, like we we're she she makes me tell her a story every night before bed, and the other night I said something, I was like you know, and now I'm up to 18 clients and she looks at me, she goes, you have 18 clients? I'm so proud of you, mom. <laughs> um, so um, they're both, yeah. My, my two-year-old's my, you know, he's like a tornado. But yeah, so it's fun to, to watch her grow into that too. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: funny. So the fourth love language is acts of service. How important are acts of service? And what's that look like these
1: days? That's my big one. I would say, yeah. as far as love language goes. So,
0: how can it. somebody serve you well? Then, what's that look like? Is that just doing stuff around the, the house, like say, as a mom, as a wife, as a as a runner? How can you be served well?
1: Um, I just think anything you know done with intentional kindness. I think the na- I always tell my husband every holiday. You, what what would you like? A nap. I would like a nap. I would like mm-hmm. you to provide me time. To me, that's the greatest act of service. I feel like a oh. busy mom can get is just you know, a spouse recognizing that you sometimes, you know, require a break. And it's very nice. Um, I feel like because I haven't worked for gainful employment in a really long time, and most of what I do to keep myself busy are acts of service for my community. I, you know, feel like it's really important and want to bring my kids up and kind of that same mentality. So I, I do think acts of kindness when I see them being done by my children. Um, obviously my husband's a great guy and, and you know, provides those two are just, they're important. They mean a lot to me um, yeah. to see that in other people too. But, um, but
2: yeah. Yeah, I think this is the number one um, love language that resonates for my husband. So I spend a lot of time, you know, not a lot of time, but I do put like thought into that. Like, you know, I'll do the dishes tonight or like little things like that. Um, I think. For me, it's probably not as up, as high up on the list as quality time. Um, but yeah, it's important.
0: <laughs> so the final love language is gifts. There's an old singer by the name of Carol Channing who says, diamonds are girl's best friend. So how important are gifts to you? Are you more of like a gift card type person?
2: Yeah, I'm like, I'm not the kind of person who, if someone gives me a gift card, is going to be like, oh, they didn't put thought into, you know, I don't, it's just, it's, it's nice. Like, everybody likes to get gifts, but it's not, like, number one by any means.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like to give gifts. I, I don't actually like to receive gifts. Um, I, my husband and I, that's a joke fight we've had for years. He loves to purchase gifts. That's, I think, high on his level. He loves to receive gifts. I don't like them. If I want something, I'll go buy it. Um, I just, it's just, it's its not, like, receiving things is not ever important.
0: So that is the five love language. Now, if I were to ask you in terms of like your spouse and your kids, what do you think are their top love languages? What would you identify?
1: The gift giving, I think for my husband okay. is probably a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say physical contact for my little guy mm-hmm. and probably words of affirmation. Interesting with a teenager, not, I, <laughs> that's, that's a kind of a hard one. I would say, um, I would say probably words of affirmation, even if he wasn't going to admit that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. and yeah. Um, acts of service for my husband, words of affirmation for my daughter and, uh, physical for my son.
0: Okay, so let's go ahead and pivot now. And let's talk about running. Um, let's start at the beginning. How'd you get into running? Is there some sort of athletic story? Have you always been a natural-born athlete running? What's the genesis of your running story?
2: Um, okay, so I did the 1600 and the 800 on my middle school track team. Um, and my mom made me do it. I mm-hmm. like. <laughs> I didn't dislike running, I just hadn't done it before, and she was like, I want you to try you know, as many sports as you can. Um, and so I did it, and I really liked it. Um, at that point, we moved into a really small town in Southern Illinois, um, and my high school actually didn't have a cross country or a track team. So I ran sporadic 5Ks, um, but I didn't run as a high school athlete. Um, or college um, and so fast forward uh, to 2016 and I have my daughter and I actually got a gym membership um, because I wanted to be able to drop her off exercise and take a shower I was super overwhelmed with motherhood um, I was not one of those like, like women who just like was thriving with it I was really tired um, and I just like fell right back in love with running. Um, uh, it gave me like you know some clarity, um, some time to recharge. And I feel like it helped me be a better mom. Um, and then the rest is like kind of history. I ran, uh, my first marathon in 2018. Um, so that was the Chicago marathon. And then I just ran my fifth in Dallas. Um, and now I'm trying to break three. I have a small group of athletes who I coach now. Um, and yeah,
1: I love it.
0: Yeah. Good.
1: Um, It's a pretty similar story for me. I also grew up in a small town in southern Illinois. I did running, um, Ran. we did not have a cross-country team either, so I ran track in middle school and high school. I was a really lazy athlete. Um, Not bad, just not super committed. Um, While I was teaching, I coached cross-country and track uh, for my middle schoolers for years. Didn't do a lot of running myself until I had my kids. Uh, we lived in Michigan at the time, and I was part of a mom's group. And one of the women in the group lived near our middle school. Our middle school, and she asked a couple of us if we wanted to start a kind of like a running co-op where we all got together, brought our little tiny toddler kids over, and just took turns going out on the track and running a couple miles so that we could all get a workout in and have somebody watch our kids. And so that's it's and a then we all idea. signed up for a local five k at the end of the year, and that was really kind of. Dipping my toe into, I hadn't even run a 5K until that time, and I ran and I did pretty well. I think I came in like fourth, and then kind of stuck with it. My husband and I are are really competitive people, and so as I got more into running, he got more into running. He's always wanted to run a half marathon, so we signed up to run a half marathon, um, and then it it kind of went from there. So my first marathon was in 2014. Um, And then Chicago in 2015 was my second. Um, And I have since done 92 of them in the last nine years. So really, um, really decided I loved it. It kind of escalated quickly for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, how does that work in terms of uh, both you and your husband being competitive runners? how, How do you deal with the tension of one of you being the stronger athlete than the other? It, not, there's no tension. I am a stronger yeah. athlete. Um, okay. He
1: is a brilliant physician and has an amazingly rewarding career where he gets to help people and he's awesome at it and works 80 hour weeks and is still a really, really strong runner on top of having this career that takes a ton of time um, oh. and having much less time to train. Oh. I have all the time that I typically want or need and i um, yeah, I'm faster than he is. It's yeah. it's not a question. No. <laughs> so it's and it's okay because he is still fast. He is not a bad runner. He you know runs pretty much all of his marathons under four hours. He's he does a great job. So yeah, so,
0: yeah. yeah. that's awesome. Um, how about you and you say your husband's also a runner?
2: Yep. So um, Brad, um, I somehow roped him into it. He was one of those people who said that running hurt his knees and he couldn't do it. Um, so I showed him how to get a good pair of shoes and strengthen his glutes and his hips. And he's good now. Um, he's not competitive at all. He, like he could be a really strong runner, but he, I mean, he just wants to go out there and talk to his friends and have fun. (laughs) I'm like the total opposite. I'm super competitive. I want to see where I can take this, you know, before I get too old. Um, and so we just, like, balance each other out, and it works out, because when mm-hmm. I need more time to train, he doesn't really care. <laughs> so wow.
0: so have either one of you run while you were pregnant? I have not. Okay, no, I did. Okay. And so it's my we second. Yeah. I I know we've had some some girls in our group mm-hmm. that bigger train. And to me, it's a I marvel that they're running up to, like, into their seventh month it's amazing pregnant. i yeah.
1: could barely run a mile like with my sweet little running group in michigan i mean i was walking at that point i i did not last long pregnant so it is incredible i am super impressed by the women that that can keep keep it up as long as, as they can it's really it's really neat
0: what was it experience like for you
2: laura i i mean i want i didn't want to lose like mm-hmm. all the fitness that i had gained um, so i think that was like kind of like a an irrational fear in the back of my head because at the end of the day, it's like nine months in the grand scheme of like all these years of training. Um, so I ran with Henry, I ran about 650 miles. I ran mostly in the first and second trimesters <laughs> um, because I got really big with both of my kids. Um, and so the third trimester, I think the last run I did with him was two months before he was born I did a 5k and it was like a walk run mother's day thing and I was like okay I'm throwing in the towel (laughs) this is it Um, but yeah I had to get like a a belly support band and um, just like be really mindful of listening to my body obviously my doctor was on board um, but yeah you can do it if you feel okay. Um, no. But it's like, high, it's a highly individual experience. So yeah. like some women, you know, don't want to and that's fine too. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so let's talk about races. What's your favorite race or running memory or running experience?
1: Favorite race. Um, I talk about it a lot at, at training team and it's one that I always perseverate on. Um, there is a it used to be a women's only marathon. Um, they now made it uh, two separate marathons happening at the exact same time. So that men can run too, but it's a little one out in South Dakota. It's called the leading ladies marathon. Um, the same race director owns another race. That's almost the exact same course in September Sundance to spearfish, but it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, both races run down the black Hills, um, in South Dakota, just the mountains and the waterfalls. And the, it's the most, gorgeous train! It's about a 4,000 foot drop. I love running down mountains. I running downhill is amazing. So I've done, I'm going back to that course for the sixth time this year. I, I I just amazing people who run it. Um, awesome people that show up. I loved the idea of the camaraderie of a women's only event. It just kind of takes some of the pressure off to be fast and be competitive. Um, lots of women walk, jog, just have fun. Um, kind of makes it a little less stressful, I think, when when you know that's your community. Um and just is a is a great event. And I just yeah. it's very small, but I can't say enough about it as a race. Yeah. Um I've done a lot of marathons. So I feel like I've had lots and lots of of really great running experiences. Um, but I will say, uh winning a marathon in my hometown, I ran uh, go for the very first time. I've never run a marathon in the city of St. Louis before, and so that being, you know, after 92 marathons, I did, and it was a pretty special feeling to win that race. Wow. Um, so just this being at home,
0: pass Go. That's yeah. the first time you've run and Go, huh? First time I wow. run and Go, yeah.
1: <laughs> and and it was a kind of a big deal. To I wasn't expecting it. There was a woman on the course that was objectively a lot faster than I was, Um, and I just I just had a good day, and so oh, that was awesome. was really good.
0: Cool.
1: Okay, favorite. It's it's like really
2: hard to pin one down because there's so <laughs> many good memories. That's so awesome. It's That's hard good. to just choose one, um, but one that sticks out is the year um, that I was going to do KD82 with some friends from Big River Running, and the course got flooded, so they had to pivot. And moved the whole race to SIUE um, on on their like cross country campus, Um, and so all these runners came out and set up tents and food, and it was just like this whole day where we like we camped out basically, and then took turns running different legs um, to amount to eighty two miles, and that was just like super fun um, and a unique experience that I've never had before. So yeah. yeah.
0: I've heard other people say the same thing about the that same race when it was mm-hmm. at SIU, how fun it was. It was
2: so fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so the flip side of that is what's been your most challenging race or your least fondest running memory.
1: I mean, I think probably the worst race was the one that I traveled to Rhode Island for and it was short. I mean it's it's I've had some kind of grueling weather and and difficult courses but running 25.83 miles and having it count for absolutely nothing at the end of the Mm. day is is pretty bad (laughs) so I would say um I think it it just it it happens to people I think once you run as many marathons as I do or some of my friends do it's just statistically you're gonna have one that's mismeasured but that's that's always just a heartache because then go back and do the state again it was a you know just it Counts for absolutely nothing at all so that was that was pretty tough
2: um so like i this one's kind of um it's a little bit of both favorite and least favorite but it was actually boston um because i i just crashed and burned pretty bad towards the end um I, I went out um, and I felt really strong and, you know, Boston is just one of those races where the hills are adding up and you don't realize it. And then you start the Newton Hills um, and that race just like really beat me up. So I want to go back to Boston. Boston itself, like the whole weekend is really fun and cool. The city shuts down and it's like a big celebration of these runners who have worked really hard. Um, but I <laughs> I think I just wasn't prepared to take on that course probably
0: yeah yeah and we just had a couple friends of ours who competed in Boston this this past week
2: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. really good performance is surprising with the weather kind of and I feel like the other really tough thing about Boston is you barely ever get a weekend where the weather's just cooperating I feel like it's either hot or it's raining or it's freezing or it's windy or it's just a hard race to get good weather in the spring and But some really fast times, even with the rain and the Mm -hmm. the wind, and it was was neat to see.
2: Yeah, I think someone mentioned they had a tailwind.
1: That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So let's talk about balance. What does a normal week look like for you? How do you fit training into that schedule? How many hours a week do you spend training, and how do you balance this with being both a mom and a wife?
2: I mean, it's like a constant, you're constantly juggling and I I feel like people like a lot of times want you to have this like black and white answer to like how like you're just going to balance it all every week, but you're constantly pivoting and moving stuff around and looking, I mean, for for me at least, you know, for like the window of time um, when you can train or maybe there's a day when you need to sleep, you know, mm-hmm. which happens, but um, and so um, one of my RRCA course instructors said that she prefers the word blend to balance. Wow. Um, and I yeah. couldn't agree with that more. Um, you're just, yeah, constantly trying to make it all happen. Yeah. So. Sadie?
1: Um, no, I agree. It's 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 impossible to do everything. I've always really liked the analogy that, you know, you've got five fingers. There's, you, you, you know, if you think about like family and health and career and, and you, you know, you, you got five things you can pick from, you only really are going to get three of these. And, and I feel like that's, that's kind of how I look at my life. Like I, I don't have a career anymore, but what I do get is my health and my family and, and my time with these people. And I think that allows me to have the flexibility to do all of my training, essentially during the time that my kids are at school and my husband's at work, um, that frees up evenings so that when he gets home, he can, Art Blanche to, to run as much as he needs to or wants to at nights and in the weekends um, and, you know, allows me the time to shuttle the people to all the places they need to be. So, um, I mean, I'm still busy and I'm still tired. And, I, you know, people ask, what do you what do, you do all day without a job? And it's just like, well, that's, you know, I, I get the you running in base. and yeah. <laughs> I, I finish about noon today. And then you guys, can, you know, that's when you grocery shop and you get the meals prepared and you so that the rest of your day can go on. So I feel like I'm really extremely fortunate to have that kind of a schedule it's it's a blessing and it's not something that you know everybody gets and i don't take it for granted i feel really lucky that it works out and i have a husband who's very supportive of um, wanting that kind of balance for our lives and um, i'm glad i get to hear from my kids and also get to pursue this crazy hobby but yeah. the the downside of that is i feel like i miss out on a lot of really neat opportunities uh, that big river and other local organizations offer i it's hard to make Sunday runs because we have things, you know, either at the church or with the kids, um, or we're out of town. Um, I love all of the training opportunities on Tuesdays and Thursdays that, that the racing team has put together, but it's, it's just about impossible to make those with having kids who are also so busy. So, um,
0: so who gets to help the kids out with their homework?
1: We, I mean, I, I think we both do. I, tend to, to take point on it if I'm home, but my husband's awesome. He's the, I mean he's the math and science guy. And the older they get, the more we're turning to dad for the help on the homework, unfortunately. So he is uh he's they come to me with essays and and grammar right. checks, but but yeah, they usually know they need to go to dad for yeah. for the math at this point. Way too
2: long. Um well so my daughter is in first grade so she doesn't get a ton of homework yet. Okay. Um but we I mean we tag team it it just kind of depends on everyone's schedules um brad is like a super nurturing dad he likes to help with homework and stuff like that so i'm really lucky to have that you know yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um so let's talk about passion How has your love or passion for running changed over the course of time do you have any plans to do like an ultra an iron man or trail running and Say to you, for example, you're part of the 50 Sub-4 Marathon Club, right? Yes, I am. Yes. Um, And then, Laura, you have your own running business. So maybe you could both talk about how your passion has led you to get involved with some of these different organizations or encourage you to, to spin off and start your own business.
1: No, go for it. Yeah. Um, so,
2: um, okay, so I got certified to coach because I wanted to write my own plans um because i was like well like if i could write my own plans then i could help myself get you know to where i want to be um and then i had a few friends who asked more than once um for me to write their plans um and they were just kind of like well you seem like you know what you're doing and the next thing you know i'm like establishing like a real business um which was terrifying um i never wanted to be an entrepreneur that was not um you know because you have to wear all these different hats it's a lot more work than a lot of people probably realize it is um but it's been like the most rewarding thing ever to um to get to work with people who love running as much as i do um there aren't a lot of fields where you're working with people who like really want to do the work and be there um and so yeah it's great
0: so do you have a, a- website or a facebook page yeah
2: um so i named my business villa endurance so f-i-l-l-a is my last name um so you can go to villa we're on instagram we're on facebook um and so, yeah i have all three good
0: mm-hmm. i'll make sure i put that in
1: the show notes thank though. you <laughs> yeah. appreciate it um i do love running i think it's a great pastime um and i i say this a lot um post-race, I think probably 60% of what makes running long distance so much fun for me and what keeps me doing these ridiculous races are are the people that we have met through uh, the running community. And I am part of these crazy groups. Um, I'm part of Marathon Maniacs and the 50 state marathon club, and then the 50 sub four group, which are people who are trying to run a marathon in all 50 states under four hours, um, and just have met the neatest, people and they're wonderful and it is such a treat to go to a race anywhere in the country and know that you're going to run into friends and um i can't remember the last time i've gone to a race and just not known somebody there and that makes it a blast it is so much fun to see people on the course to wait around at the finish line and and cheer on you know people who you really i see these crazy folks more than i see a lot of my friends who live um you know, in the same time I do because <laughs> we run so much and it it does uh, just become this big kind of national family. And it is just really fun and just makes it a, a lot of fun to kind of share the miles and share the stories and share the experiences with people who who understand and get it. Um, and, you know, uh, same with being in St. Louis, like Big River Group is amazing. It's good to just find a group of nice, you know, kind, like-minded people who enjoy, enjoy running. Um, and it is, I am a I said before, and a competitive person who currently is not employed and kind of need to direct all of that, like desire to do something and win and be good at something towards some kind of a hobby. And so running is, is as good of one as any, but, but it really, it really is fun to, to just meet people and hear their stories. And I feel like, you know, for every marathon I have done, there's, you know, 10 people out there that I've met who have done them faster or who have done Ten times as many races as I have done, or have done. You, you just never stop meeting people who are so impressive and who have such amazing, inspiring stories. And I think that's just really, really cool.
0: Yeah. So, who are your heroes or role models when it comes to running? Like, who inspires the two of you to be a better athlete, better runner?
1: I'm gonna go with somebody who is is not like a famous role model, but I would say in. Currently, the person that I look up to the most is my friend Gwen Jacobson, who yeah. lives in Minnesota. She is in her 60s, and she is incredible. I mean, I, I just feel like it's it's amazing that she ran Boston this year and was third in her age group. Um, last year, she ran London, and I think it was two years ago when she did that. I think she was first in her age group there, third in Boston. I mean, the woman is incredible at um, being in her mid-60s, is still running marathons in three hours and 15 minutes. And it's just incredible. Mm. And um, I think we hear about all of these elite athletes who are doing amazing things, but it's just incredible. Some of these, um, as a master's runner, um, you know, as we are, you know, getting older in our lives, um, it's just incredible what people are still doing, um, just on a recreational non-professional scale. So I really look up to people like Glenn who are, who are just absolutely dominating at her, at her age.
0: So what is a master's runner?
1: Anybody over 40.
0: Okay.
2: Um, to, uh, piggyback off of that, mm-hmm. I noticed that the Dallas marathon has a young master's and had categorized me as young master's <laughs> well, fun and I guys. was like so offended. <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> you know, like, I still have like five years left anyway. Um, So, yeah, same, like, my, like, group of, like, women that I run with in St. Louis are all, like, amazing. Like, um, my friend Libby, um, who's, like, a doctor and is running, like, 320 marathons and balancing two kids. And, like, um, yeah, like you said, just all, like, the stories. Also, like, some of the elite women that we've seen over the past seven years since I started, like right when I got really into running again, I watched Shalane Flanagan win New York. A couple of years later, I watched Desi win Boston. So it's like a really cool time to be a female runner in our country, you know, okay. just based on all that too. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And to see somebody like Sarah Hall do as well as she just did in yes. at her age, like again, as a master's yes. runner, it's it's very encouraging to to know that you don't have to slow down. when you hit that magic 40. (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Okay, so in terms of challenges now, what do you think is your biggest challenge in life? It can be either running or non-running related. And how has running helped you to deal with that or those type of challenges, or has
1: it? I have always, I've had anxiety my whole life, um, which has been something that I've always struggled with. Um, and I feel like running is what keeps me from yeah, not needing to be medicated for anxiety. Um, it is very, I feel like it's a very healthy outlet for me. I'm um, knowing that that's something that I've always struggled with, um, and always struggled to kind of master. Um, I have really found that long distance running allows me just kind of a way to burn off so much of that nervous energy yeah. and have a lot of time to just kind of. Be in my own head and think through my own thoughts and i just feel like it makes me from a mental health standpoint um a much stronger person to have that as a hobby and i'm really you know grateful for being able to have that as a as a healthy outlet to kind of almost self-medicate um, yeah. for me yeah. um, i know that's always something that i've struggled with and so i'm really grateful to have found something that helps so much with yeah. that
0: oh good thanks for sharing
2: oh, yeah um yeah i can relate to that a lot actually um just like the struggle with like slowing down and being like still and like with your own thoughts is like really it's challenging um so yeah um but like i think a big challenge for me has been like going transitioning back to full-time work after being at home for a little Mm -hmm. while um i don't think people really realize like how much of major life change either leaving your career or going back to one is um, and so I you know I've been back in the workforce um, for a couple of years now um, but that I think that has been a challenge in itself and like trying to make sure that I'm still filling up you know my all my, all my buckets as a parent as an athlete as an entrepreneur and like yeah the blend yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I
0: Um, So we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but relationships, you've met a lot of really great people and friends through running. Do you care to tell me about some of those friendships or relationships? Some of your favorite memories regarding the friendships or support you've gotten from the running community? Friendships. To me, that's one of my favorite things about our running community Mm -hmm. is the relationships. I tell my friends, um, as opposed to trying to talk my friends into running, Turn out to be a lot easier to start running with some total strangers who gradually, over the course of time, actually end up becoming legitimate, real friends. On top of the fact that they're probably some of the, the healthiest, most positive, encouraging, cheerleading people, um, especially at different seasons of life where it's challenging to meet people. I feel like it's just uh, an extreme blessing to be part of a running community. And have some of the people from like the pace group that i run with who have been friends and i anticipate and hope that they'll be friends you know lifelong
1: i am again because i have some degree of social anxiety it was a big deal it's always a big deal for me to go into a new situation and so starting with for example the big river um training team a couple of years ago that was a big step for me because like I don't feel comfortable going into new situations where I know nobody. And I, you know, could not have picked a better pace group because Tim is, could not be the most, most kind man in the world. And I feel like, you know, I owe like the reason that I stuck with it to him just being so incredibly nice. And, but then everybody in the pace group is so incredibly nice. And it was such a warm, like welcoming community. And that was big for me because I, yeah. I need that. Right. <laughs> and, and um, I mean, just again, I, I, Applaud all of those pace leaders for just being so kind and so, you know, conversational. Now I'm a talker, and God bless him. I know there's there's times where he's like, okay, this runs get a little hard. You 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 keep talking, but I'm gonna stop talking now. And, um, it it is just again just incredible how how warm and accepting I feel like the. And I know like Mark Spiewak has done so much with his group to just be positive and create these. Um, Opportunities for lots of running groups in the city to get together and doing the Chain of Rocks uh, race was really really fun a couple of weeks ago where um, you know we had our tents out and there were just so many people from so many clubs there and so many friendships that kind of cross over and those are really neat events. Um, But I've I've had some uh, and then I'll stop and let Lauren talk. Um, (laughs) Recently, one of my favorite experiences we ran an inaugural marathon out in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Tiny little race, um, but I would say. We probably knew half the field. Um, It was tons of people who were from the 50 state groups or the sub four groups um, that just came because we all needed New Mexico. (laughs) And it was the most fun day um, because we finished along a uh, last 400 meters were along a track. And after I finished my race, just spending hours uh, watching friends come in, cheering for friends, um, just kind of hanging out afterwards. Um, It's it's just fun. It's fun to have those those relationships. But that was a that was a really fun, fun experience.
2: Yeah, similar, Um, you know, um, I have a lot of, you know, I started running with Big River after we moved back here from Chicago, actually, so a lot of friendships that I have now are with other runners, and it's because of running groups, like Big River training team, um, and then running with Mark's uh, racing team, um, and stuff like that, so yeah, I agree with you, though, like, um, the relationships are huge, the community, um, you know, I feel like it's, like, It's, like, very much, like, about just, like, being a supportive person and, you know, um, yeah, I think it's great.
0: Um, So, a not-so-popular topic, (laughs) injuries. Have you had any serious injuries during your running career? And how would you deal with it? Did you run through it or did you actually take time off to heal? And how do you deal with that tension as a runner? Of knowing which injuries you really need to go ahead and press pause on first, trying to go ahead and labor through them.
2: So, I've had shin splints and I've had it band syndrome. I've been really lucky not to have anything more serious. Um, I ran with shin splints, which I should not have done. Um, but um, it band syndrome actually I got as a result of pushing through the end of the Boston Marathon. Mm. Um, and so, um, I had to take some downtime from that, but I would say, like. If you're wondering, like, if you should not run or not, if it's affecting your gait, if you're, like, hobbling around, that's when it's time to just, like, take some rest and seek uh, a healthcare professional to help. Yeah, good.
1: Yeah. I don't want to answer that because I've never had a series. I feel like that's, like, a change. Like I, uh, yeah. I, I feel like I, I hurt mm-hmm. all the time. I think that's the beauty of being a master's. Athlete is everything hurts. Um, I I ran for plantar fasciitis for about six or eight months a while ago. Um, I various things do hurt. I do see a chiropractor now, which is very helpful, and a massage therapist. Um, I had um, kind of a little issue with my ankle; it wasn't anything serious. I took about two months off racing about a year ago, but that's I've been really lucky. I feel like I'm I'm lucky. I've got a body that withstands a lot of punishment, Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like I also. Know to listen to my body and and know when enough is enough or when i can push through and i'm typically a person who will push through if uh if at all yeah. possible good
0: so in terms of awards what are some of the awards that you're proudest of that you've received mm-hmm.
2: that's a tough that's a tough one like
0: oh. are there any like pr's out there that you're really like proud of like i really work for that it could even be early like in your running career maybe some of the things that you're proudest of that
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, I am like super proud of my marathon PR, and it's, um, it's a three oh four now. But when I ran my first marathon, like I don't think people realize when they talk to me now that like I just wanted to finish. Like it wasn't like ever in the cards to get anywhere near three, um, which is why it's like, it's like a real, it's a big deal to me because I just, yeah. And I think a lot of people have that experience too, where they're like, "Holy moly, I can't believe like I can even do that." So yeah. For sure. Yeah. Marathon PR.
1: Um, I'm currently the only female who has got a sub three and a half hour marathon in all 50 states. So I'm proud of that. Um, nice. I hit that last year. Yeah. Um, I'm working on getting a 310 in all 50 states um, because that is um, the Boston qualifying standard for men at my age. Ah. So I have it for women, but then there's <laughs> always that people who say, well, you know, it's harder for a man. And so I'm like, well, okay, I'll do it for the men then. So I'm 29 states into that. Um, so I'll, I'm working through that. Um, I've got 19 sub three hour marathons. Um, so those are harder every, every, every month I get older, those get harder to come by, but, um, I, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of being, um, coming into running older, being a master's athlete, um, it's my joke that I'm I'm uh, I'm really good at getting second place in marathons. Um, and I'm usually that person who gets written up um, as being 10 minutes behind the lead who was 24, um, but I'm 44. So Dallas was an example. There was a beautiful article written you about the winner in um, who was a 24-year-old woman. And I was only mentioned as the second place runner who was 12 minutes behind her. But I wanted to point out that um, she was – she was 21 years younger than I was. So. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed, just so you know. I to <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was actually, I was talking to Mark about it like, well, like a week afterwards. I was like, she is so fast. It's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm a yeah. 258 marathoner who can come within about five minutes of that time. That's a
2: tough course, Pretty, uh, too, though. It, it,
1: and it was the third time I've run it, so that helped. I, yeah. I did know the Becoming course. New. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I kind of try to do everything in fifties. I like the let's do something and let's do it in all fifty states. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of my it's kind of a thing.
0: <laughs> so do you find that running is getting easier or more challenging as you get older, or
2: both? I feel like if I was if I would have been a high school and college athlete, it would be a totally different story because like. Mm-hmm then you're hitting your peaks at a, a right. younger age. Right. But since I, I didn't, you know, I feel like I'm kind of lucky in a way where, mm-hmm. you know, I still feel like the fastest days are ahead of me. Um, I look at people like you, Sadie, and my friend Libby, and I'm, I know that I have, you know, plenty of time mm-hmm. to chase whatever goals I want Absolutely. to chase. So,
1: And yeah. as somebody who, yeah, ran my first marathon at 35, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I'm still... I, I got a little faster I, about two years ago, um, and I'm just hoping to, to maintain. I'm not looking to necessarily – I don't feel like I need to go any faster than, than I than I currently run, but I would I like the consistency. I'd like to try to just stay where I am and, and keep doing the best that I can with my So
0: in current terms business, of getting so. faster, was that, like, intentional? It or, was intentional, okay. yes.
1: I put a lot of work into it. <laughs> so, yes. And –
0: What'd you do to get fast? Um, I you're gonna try to boil it down. Yeah, no.
1: I started um, worked with some coaches. Um, started an intermittent fasting um, and macro counting plan. Um, really, really changed my diet. Um, ended up losing a decent amount of weight for a five foot two uh, woman. Yeah. Um, started weightlifting, uh, doing a weight training program, and, and I work with a running coach now. So yeah. made a lot of changes and things that are hard. I the things that I've given up that were fun. Um, that I I do in much more moderation now but it it really paid off in spades with, with
0: the running, So, you're still entitled to deliveries like that on occasion I do my husband and I we, we <laughs> do we
1: collect we collect wine and we love to drink wine um, but but you know I limit my wine consumption I gave it up for lent um and had a great two marathons during that cycle and I just think every, everything is good but in moderation right. and we we yeah. have yeah. learned to moderate things so okay,
0: absolutely yes okay as we wind things now, start head for home, what's one thing about you that you'd like to share with people or let them know that the average person may not know about you? It could either be a goal, or a dream, or a passion of yours. It could maybe be a setback or a struggle in life that you had to overcome, to kind of get where you are now. Or it could be something that's just foundational, like what you built and based your life upon, like faith, family, friends, and fitness.
1: <laughs> yeah, <that's hard. laughs> um, well, I think I shared something earlier. Um, I, I do have um, you did kind of some right. real issues with anxiety and social yeah. anxiety. I am a pretty outgoing person, so I feel like that doesn't always translate. I tell that to people, and they're like, yeah. "But you talk so much!" And I'm like, "Well, I do that as my as my cover usually." Sure. Um, yeah. I think um, I think I am a pretty talkative person, so most people do tend to hear my story. Um, you know, I I do. Dedicate a lot of time to my foundational issues, Um you know, my church, my kids' school, my family. Those yeah. are kind of the focal points in my life and and uh, and just my, you know, running. And I love the people I've met along the way, but I, I don't think I have anything really no, to add to sure. that. But yeah. uh, right. We love to travel. I feel like that's probably evident, though, with the 50-state oh, thing. Yes. My, my husband and I are um, absolutely love to travel. So. Yeah,
0: that's good. That works out well, it does. in all 50 it does. states. Yes you think of anything more?
2: Um, So I think like the thing that comes to mind is um, when I started running, I was super insecure about not having been a high school or college athlete. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't ever be like really good because I didn't have that background. Um, So I would like it if people heard, you know, from me that that doesn't necessarily define you. You can still do a lot of things with your athleticism um, as you age too. Um. Yeah. So that's the that's the number one thing that yeah. comes to mind. Good.
0: Yeah. Um, girls, thank you so much <laughs> for taking time out thank of your you. busy schedules you to this podcast for with me. Us. I really appreciate it. I
2: appreciate it. It's fun.
0: Thank you. Um, to all my listeners out in Pondville, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. To a special friend of mine, I love you dearly. To all my other listeners, thank you again for listening. This has been an episode of Real Friends.
1: 40 minutes so it was it was yeah. bad we were very talky it was yes. <laughs> there was a lot of us but yeah. it, it's hard no it, th- thank yeah. you for doing this with no, me no this is I kind of want
2: to get together and just like hear more about like, me too yeah. I agree like yeah. i um
1: and I wanted to hear about your Dallas experience because I know you were there and yes. I like yes. it's but good race for like, you? or There were like there were like
2: three of us from St. Louis yes, in the top yes, ten. Yes. So I was like pumped after I saw that.
1: Um, and then I saw yeah. a guy as I was finishing um, with a Big River singlet on. And I'm just like, but he, he wasn't actually even from St. Louis. He worked in Columbia. But um, oh, he's like, yeah, I've got a friend on the racing team. And he gave me the singlet. And I was like, that's so random. <laughs> it was, I liked it. I
2: liked, liked it. But, I liked, um, like that last hill got me, but then that the net downhill was really nice, and like the crowd was awesome. There was like a cowboy cheering me on at one point.
1: He <laughs> was like, "Come on, girl!" And like it was, yeah, it was, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It was it's your a, third Dallas. I've done Dallas three times. My aunt lives yeah. there, so I've, I've okay. Got, I have yeah, family there too. Back to the nice. to the course, so I it's but it's one of those courses. Like like if you ask me about it now, I would. I don't. I barely remember the course. I remember there's, <laughs> there's lake, it, it and then there's a lake. There's there's a lake. And then there's like a crazy
2: so, hill. There's a crazy hill in the beginning, but you don't notice it because you're not at mile twenty. You uh-huh, know.
1: Uh-huh. Um, no, that was um. Yeah. I, but I remember about that marathon, um, because I did get a but Dallas was nice. They gave three bikes uh, for the top three, so I had a bike with me the whole time, which was super nice. Oh, that's nice. Um, but I do remember coming off that park and off that lake. There was like what I thought was water. And I remember grabbing a cup and them yelling, no, it's beer. No. It's beer. And being like, oh, never mind. I remember that <laughs> station because they were like, yes. you want a beer? And I yes. just looked at them like. Right. And I, um, I was turning <laughs> three. And I was like, I'm going to grow up just thinking about this. And then that hill, um, I just yelled up to my biker. I'm like, I'm going to walk now, okay? <laughs> so, like, Did you walk? Oh, yeah. I walk. All the hills. I, I, The year I ran, the last time I ran Boston, I got a 256. I, it was fall. Yeah. So we had the good weather. And I walked all those hills at the end. And I had people on the side like, you got this. And I just kept looking at them like, I know. But, <laughs> but I'm going to walk now. So. Absolutely. Walk. I walk a ton. That's
0: so interesting. <laughs>